Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. Welcome back, team, to another podcast from... The one, guys. Um, I, you know what's funny is I never know how to start this. <laughs> like I'm like ready, three, like, two, one, press play, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I need a catchphrase or like a yo. It's how many episodes are we in now? Like thirty or is it? Forty, I think, because we've got uh, as of recording this, we've got one to release, and then we've got a full one to release. So then this will be next week. So yeah, we'll probably be on like episode like. And we still can't do an intro. No, it's good. Yeah, it's probably like 40 hours worth of podcasting and we are still absolute amateurs. But you know what? If as long as you guys listen to it and get value, then that's all that matters. It's like that thing, like people, and I do get what people say, like the more you go on camera, the more you do stuff, like the more confident you get. I'm like, I just, for me, as soon as a camera is put in front of me, I I just, something happens to myself. Like (laughs) something changes. It's like you just suddenly it, freeze up like a robot. Yeah, but think how many times like you like you see yourself in the mirror like every single day. Like people like pictures are being taken and stuff. Like I've had like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures taken of me throughout my whole life. Yet I still can't pull a, a normal face when it comes to taking pictures. I still something happens to my lip. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's like with everything, isn't it? Like. Some people are a, a lot more <clears throat> like photogenic than other people. Um, some people don't mind the camera, like. But it's also like I, I remember I watched one of my videos that I recorded. Uh, it was probably back in like 2017, and honestly, mate, it's the most cringy thing in the world. And I was like, oh my god, I'm so like, you know, and it's like it's just not natural. It's just not at like at all. Um, jumbling i'm like yo so guys we're gonna talk about this and this and this and this and i was literally like that's so forced it's unbelievable so i think also like <clears throat> there's some part of like practice some people like being on camera some people don't yeah no sweat i think it just no suits your personality doesn't it because if you i'm very 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 like it's weird like when I'm in like a group setting with like a bunch of mates or stuff, like yeah, I, I might I might get amongst it, but like when it comes to anything else, like I, I hate I don't really like taking the credit for things. <clears throat> like prime example, I used to run a I mean I was literally a shared partner in a gym that had someone else's name on it. I'd like I had the option for myself to be I didn't want my name on it, but I didn't want to take the credit. What so it would be like golf. <laughs> so ev- everyone else was literally like oh so you work for the gym like you work doing that and I'm like oh even some people like Alan said the other day didn't he he was like someone said oh does Hayden work for is um it was on LinkedIn someone asked mm. asked if um I worked for you and it was like <laughs> just because they see your face on it but yeah. like, I, I really the, like the, that's my kind of personality the truth be told I'd ar- I'd argue that I mean, this business couldn't run without either of us. But I'd argue that 
although I'm the face and do all the social media, you do the way more important stuff. I just do the back end stuff. Which is, which is the whole wrong. bloody business. Yeah. <laughs> which is literally the whole, like, which is the whole business. Um, Hayden is a very, yeah. I couldn't imagine doing this on the right. And like, I always see, you know, other people online, like they're just, the, I mean, they have, people have, as they grow, people have uh, the employees or whatever. But like just being on my own doing doing it, I, it's just not motivating. It's nice to talk and nice to have someone to bounce off things with, you know, talk about coaching, talk about how things are going, et cetera, et cetera. I couldn't imagine doing it on 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 your own anymore. No, it's, it's very it's, it's pretty lonely. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very easy to think. I think you could go like one of two ways, and I promise we'll get into the episode in a bit, team. But I think it can go like one of two ways. I think and this is, by the way, the stuff we're saying now is like just myself and Ryan having a conversation. Is Ryan and I having a conversation? Like we literally, like we haven't Perfect. thought to say these things. Hence, why you know we're going off on tangents. But yeah, I, I think it can go one of two ways. If you're someone that's motivated and like you like your own company, like just a bit of a loser, and you um you don't like what anyone else has to say, you don't like like it's your way or the highway, basically. I think you can you can do well on your own because you control it. So if you want to have downtime, you have downtime. If you want to really like push it a little bit harder, like you can do that. So you get the you get the uh, flexibility of it. But at the same time, like I think I need someone to be like like it encourages me at times where I'm like, oh, do you know what? Like Ryan's doing this. Like I'm going to do this. Or do you know what I mean? Like mm. I get I get encouragement from ha- someone else being there, and it makes me like keep turning up. Because yeah. I could easily, like, there's easy days like I get where I'm just like, I could just stay in bed today. Like, actually, I really just don't fancy working. And even though like, you know, it wouldn't move the business forward, like the business wouldn't fall apart. But I know it, ultimately yeah. it doesn't serve like you. It doesn't serve or you. anyone else. No, no. <clears throat> and you, you know what also is um, the best part is that you then get to celebrate with people. Yeah, that's true. And you get like fun Christmas events. Although not really during COVID, it didn't really happen this year. Anyway, let's dive into the topics. So, in today's episode, we're going to be talking firstly about principle principle. versus method. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I give all of about seven minutes ago we spoke about this and I literally just (laughs) forgot. Uh, What a surprise. So the first thing we're going to talk about is principle <laughs> versus method. And we know, and Hayden made quite a good point before we started recording and press record, is that we often talk about the principle versus method to clients and within the academy, but we've never really kind of actually spoken about it on an episode um, as to what it is and how it works. And I think it's probably one of the most fundamental yeah it's one of the key foundations as to how weight loss actually works but it's also probably one of the most key points as to why you end up tripping yourself up Mm. because you are simply placing your focus on things that doesn't matter um, and your focus actually can be placed on something that does matter gives you the biggest bang for your buck and therefore actually is going to increase the most important underlying factor when it comes to weight loss which is your adherence to whatever it is you are doing long term so without further ado, let's dive into the first topic. Hayden, do you want to kind of yeah. give us a little brief overview and then we'll dive in? So I think when it that comes to... was like my radio to- voice. <laughs> and then we'll dive in. We'll dive in. <laughs> I think um, it, like, I hear it every single day and I know Ryan does for sure. And people are always just trying to find out what like, the best diet is for them. Like everyone's always trying to find out like what's the best diet that's going to help me to lose weight? Like what are the best foods that I can eat to... Um, 
uh, illicit fat loss. I actually had one yesterday that was, and I haven't actually heard this for a while. It was like, what are the best fat burning foods? I haven't heard someone say that to me for a while. Mm. So it's like, what are the best fat burning foods? But basically, we're always trying to find this magic pill, potion, solution, whatever it is, to answer our problems. And mm-hmm. exactly like Ryan said a second ago, this is why we get stuck. This is why we get stuck in the loop because we're always just trying to find something that is going to um, fix the f- fix the problem that we have there. But yeah. no one actually thinks about like what is the root cause, like what is the issue, and more importantly, you know, how does fat loss actually work? So taking like a massive step back, taking like a thirty thousand bird eye bird eye view of what's going on, it's like the first thing is for any diet to work now like i'm literally saying any for any diet in the world to work there has to be a calorie deficit achieved yeah now a calorie deficit um can be like broken up into many different compartments like you can do all of these other diets you've got keto slimming world weight watchers herbalife intermittent fasting um the five two like all of these are methods to create this calorie deficit it's not the actual um, diet itself. It's the fact that you've created the calorie deficit. But no one really fully understands this or people don't, they get caught in the trap of thinking, oh, okay. Like the, the best example is, isn't it? It's like everyone gets so excited for like keto or low carb because mm-hmm. they're always like, that was the thing for me. It's kind of like that. Um, it's correlation it's, causation. Yeah, it's the confirmation bias, isn't it? Is when, you know, you got that result and you're like, that is the only only reason how I lost body fat and the only way I can lose body fat is by going low carb, is by going Mm -hmm. keto. So what people do is they now associate that with being the method that actually causes you to lose body fat. But when you think about it, well, I mean, when you're cutting out carbs, which is essentially keto, like what foods are contained? Well, it's like pizza, bread, biscuits, like a lot of alcohol, chocolate, mm. like all of the things basically in life that taste great, you now eliminate them. And because yeah. you've eliminated them, you've now got a huge portion of calories that you can no longer eat, which mm. of course is going to create a massive calorie deficit for you. So you're going yeah. to elicit fat loss. Yeah. And this is it. Like we're too busy often focusing on what we want rather than what we need. What we want is fat loss. And this unfortunately leads us to just tasting this method. You know, what is the best method out there in regards to getting us to where we want to go? And we just chase weight loss and we're quite happy to do any method out there that will give us the results. Like Hayden said, we get this confirmation bias when something works and we're like, okay, cool, that works. And we instantly then just assume that if it doesn't work, it's us. We instantly assume that like, well, no, this is a weight loss diet. So if we, I don't lose weight on it, then it's me. It's something about me, something that I'm doing that's not doing it. And it's like, actually, it's not you that failed the diet. It's the diet that failed you, failed you because you've just picked a method that was unsustainable and led to a lack of adherence from your point of view. That wasn't actually you in the wrong. That was the diet in the wrong. It was just too restrictive, too unsuited to your lifestyle. Whereas what you've got to realize is not only looking at what you want, you've actually got to look at what you need. And what you need is to find the principle of fat loss, which is a calorie deficit, but you've got to find something that is going to allow you to do this long term. And there is no, quite honestly, there's no specific method that's going to work for everyone. In one way, shape or form, every single diet that you have done up until this moment in time has elicited fat loss through getting you consume less calories. 
a calorie deficit is a calorie a calorie deficit is an energy deficit. It is basically giving you less energy. A deficit is giving something less than um, it needs per se. So by giving your body less energy than it needs, it has to pick up the slacks. It's like putting 10 miles, you want to drive 10 miles and you put eight miles of fuel in your car. Well, you're two miles short. Where's that two miles coming from? Your reserve tank. What's the reserve tank? Well, for us, it's our body fat. But we get so hung up on finding this like magical, uh, special, shiny silver object that's going to give us the best, the fastest, the most incredible weight loss going that we forget that they all still have to meet this underlying principle when actually there isn't a method that's going to be the best thing for you. It, it That's just going to be out there. You've got to find something that is suited to you, which I think an argument of a lot of things is kind of almost sometimes little bits of everything put together. Do you know what I mean? It's not full keto, but you're probably fine when you reduce calories. You probably are going to reduce some of your carbohydrate intake to reach that deficit. You don't mm -hmm. need to do all of it. You might find that you do sometimes on days when you're going to eat more in the evening, skip breakfast. You know, you're not an intermittent faster, but actually you might find that if you skip breakfast because you're like, oh, it's just easier because then I can have bigger lunches and dinners, that I end up intermittent fasting some days. So you'll end up, I think, forget finding that actually you use little bits of all these different methods. You never actually have to just pick one to get you there. And there isn't one that's going to tick all of your boxes as well. Yeah, no, it's it's... The thing is, like, all of them work. Like, if yeah. if the diet, the method, let's call it, that we we're speaking about, if the method uh, achieves a calorie deficit, it will work. You will lose body mm. fat. Yeah. Now, there's definitely, like, methods out there that, in our personal opinion, are going to be, like, good and bad. And I'll give you an example. Like, of a bad method, like, I don't want to name names, but, like, Slimming World, um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to name names, but Slimming World. There was I didn't even think there was really a pause there, mate. I think you kind of just threw it under the bus, but carry on. But they use, I think it's Slimming World, and obviously because I haven't done it, I don't really, well, actually, in fact, I have done it. Sins um, and free, free food. Yeah, I think it's Sins. Free food. Uh, sins and like free foods. Now, what this does is, yes, it can help you achieve that um, negative energy balance, that calorie deficit, but it also creates this negative relationship with food in your mind because yeah. you now start to see foods and you're labeling them as sin. It's going down to that whole good food, bad food, isn't it? And it's like, as soon as you're putting these foods in these buckets of like sins or like whatever they're called, like nonsense, <laughs> you're like, you're associating with eating those foods and being on plan and off plan. And yeah. I guarantee that you've probably had sins before if you've been on uh, Weight Watchers and your mindset has been like, oh, well, do you know what? I fucked it now. Like, what's the point? Like, there's no point in, like, continuing to do this. I might as well continue just eating more sins or going off plan, quote unquote. Whereas yeah. when you stop having that association, it doesn't work as much. Now, yeah. another, like, sorry, no, expand on that point. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's it. And I think what you've got to realise is that also, whatever you choose, like there is always a direct impact from whatever it is you choose. And I think we often, and we spoke about this before, we often forget the second and third order consequence of what we're doing. So we just think about the first order consequence. This will give me weight loss, wicked. But we never think about what else is it going to give us? Is it going to give us a bad relationship with food, a bad relationship with the scales? Is it going to cause us to 
you know, overconsume at different parts of the day because, you know, for you, maybe skipping breakfast if you want to do intermittent fasting causes you to overconsume at lunchtime. You know, studies typically show that it doesn't, but I'm sure there are people that do. So you've got to think of not only does it need to suit the principle, which is a calorie deficit, there's also slightly more to that in regards to like your adherence and your long-term sustainability. And I think we quite often just think about like, you know, for example, and this is probably a bad example, but a lot of youngsters, I think nowadays, a prime example is the take of uh, the take on steroids. So many young kids get into steroids in the gym because they're like, I want to get big, steroids get me big. But they don't realize that the impact this has on you hormonally, on your mood swings, the increased level of depression, anxiety, not only the long lasting effects. And I think in life, we're so passionate about wanting to achieve X that we forget about what will potentially come with that down the line, if that makes sense. We get so hung up in this method and it's like, look, the method just needs to hit this principle. Actually, what you've got to realize is that whatever it is you do actually needs to have quite a few different boxes ticked to support you in the best way. Like, yes, the principle is what it needs to reach to elicit fat loss, but from a long-term sustainability standpoint, you've got to look at where else is this going to impact you kind of... Does that make sense? I yeah, think it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 perfectly. And this is once once you understand that principle, like you can choose the best method that's going to suit you best. And just like Ryan said, like thinking about actually, okay, because, you know, if if you're taking... you Say you understand the principle, but you're still trying to take on the method of keto, but you know, ultimately your whole life is surrounded by carbohydrates and like socializing and stuff like that. It's going to cause a lot of friction with you yeah. and the diet. Yeah. And then that's going to have a lot of mental mm. effects. It becomes sacrificial. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what you want because the moment that it becomes sacrificial, it feels restricted. Then it leads to bad adherence and it leads to a cascade of effects after that. The thing that you want it to almost do is you want it to, hit the underlying principle to create a calorie deficit, but you want to almost have it cause as little disruption to your normal lifestyle as it can. Admittedly, there's always going to be some disruption because there's going to be habits and behaviors that you need to change because there's habits and behaviors that probably are suiting, not suiting, sorry, the person that you want to become. They're kind of suiting the person that's overweight and not where you want to be. But it doesn't want to come with a massive overhaul, which a lot of methods do because of you're not kind of like, because you're not tracking calories, I think, directly, and you don't have to track calories to be in a calorie deficit, that's an online thing, sometimes it does lead to extreme changes needing to be made to ensure that you create the calorie deficit. Do you know what I mean? If you're not tracking calories, you don't know exactly where your calories are, we've got to make sure that you're creating a pretty big deficit somewhere mm -hmm. to allow for huge, probably, fluctuations. You know, I'd argue on Slim and Well Weight Watchers and these kind of things, your daily calories will probably be all over the place because you're not tracking calories. You know, some days you might have pasta, which is free for you. You might have loads of it and you may be only in a hundred calorie deficit. Another day you might be, you know, quite busy or whatever and you just stick to whatever the kind of outline of that program is and you're maybe in a 700 calorie deficit. Do you see what I mean? And because there's, there almost ends up probably being not that much consistency um, and also 100% on those things like, the weigh-ins, so many people I've spoken to, like you, you end up rigging your weigh-ins. Like they legit <laughs> rig their weigh-ins. They know that if they cut out carbs the day before, they'll come in with a low weigh-in. And I'm like, but you know by cutting out carbs, it doesn't elicit fat loss, right? And they're like, yeah, but it just gives me a new low weigh-in. 
and then you end up just chasing you that. You shamed. Yeah, and you end up chasing that because you're ca- you're you care a lot about the the, um, the response that you're yeah you're going to get from the others. I mean, I even heard someone the other day. Uh, someone told me that their rep used to sometimes uh, be like, oh, well, maybe you just need to go to the toilet. They'd send them to the bathroom to go to the toilet <laughs> to weigh in again. I kid you not. They'd be like, maybe you just need to go to the toilet. So they'd send you to the toilet to rig your way in. And I'm like... You need to take your clothes off. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, some, some people, she said, some people would literally come in, like, dresses with, like, a summery... Like, it's the winter, and they turn up in summery dresses with, like, no underwear on. Because you're like, I will weigh nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's and one of those like, systems, isn't it? Where it's like they've got that's crazy. They've got a clever business model and how they do it because the reps are essentially successful people. But even because someone's been successful, mm, not all of them though. Oh really? Yeah, no. Someone said the other day she was like, and my rep, she was like, she was still following the plan, yet she never changed. Like never changed size the whole like years that she was there. She was like, my rep was exactly the same, still overweight. And yeah. you're like, well, surely that says something that. That indiv- it's not working for that individual yet they're promoting it and it's like well you know if mm. I used a toothbrush and my teeth didn't stay shiny and they got unclean I wouldn't promote that toothbrush and you'd probably be like wait a minute like his teeth are still dirty yet he uses that toothbrush probably not going to buy that yeah. yet we do we, yet we kind of wholeheartedly are like yeah it's fine you know Karen knows what she's talking about mm. yeah it's, it's a funny old business one that they got going but um, like an example of what I just wanted to wanted to speak about as well, because I said a second ago, like, you know, there's good methods, there's better methods, and there's, like, in my opinion, worse methods. And mm-hmm. obviously, I've just said from a worse standpoint of, like, the sins and stuff about the, the negative relationship that you'll get with, with the food. But just an example, like, um, of, of a method that has worked very well for one of my clients before was actually, like, 5-2. And the five two, I know for a lot of people have been like, it's this massive negative thing. Is it? Who is it that is? It's not Michael Moses. Is it? It's not. No, that's that eight hundred, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I can't. I can't remember who it is anyway. But it like they weren't. They weren't. They weren't basically saying, right, I'm going on the five two diet, and the five two diet is what is going to suit me best. It just so happened that they were essentially doing a very, very similar 5-2 approach where Mm -hmm. five days their calories were higher, two they were like a lot, lot lower. But it just because it happened to suit their life. So in these two days, they used to travel on planes on Mondays and Thursdays. But like the whole travel experience, it was always the same location, forward and back. The whole travel experience was just so stressful for him. And what I mean by stressful is like, it was very much on the go. Like when they were on the planes, like he hated the plane food or anything like that. So he actively didn't want to eat it anyway. Didn't really have any hunger, but from him traveling consistent every single day, like we noticed that his, his actual calorie intake was a lot, lot lower. And he ended up just eating for the sake of eating, like not because he wanted to have it. So we then started to say, well, if we know that your hunger is much lower on those days, well, why don't we keep your calories a lot, lot lower on those days. And then it gives you more calories for the rest of the week when you're out of the travel to be in, to be able to enjoy more food. It's just like I, I pretty much, not every single day, but probably the majority of the week, I intermittent fasting. But I'm not doing intermittent fasting. It's not the method that I'm doing. It just so happens that actually most of the week, my hunger is much, much lower in the morning 
And because of like, it's, I find it easier to just get the gym done, do my um, work and really hit it hard in the morning that then it gets to one o'clock and I start to get a little bit more hungry. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, oh, okay, so, you, you, so you're following the intermittent fasting diet. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just like, I just happen to, that's the approach I, I take anyway. Yeah. Because it suits my life better. And I would never go around to people and being like, you know what? For you to maintain your body, like your, um, for you to maintain your weight, you must do intermittent fasting because it gives you bigger meals. Like, no, it doesn't mean that it's going to suit someone else. Like, I don't know, if you train in the morning, you probably want a pretty big feeding around that window. Yeah. 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 And that's it. It's, it's like, it's, <clears throat> it's all about like, whatever method you do, it literally doesn't matter. It's like, as long as it hits the, just to kind of summarize the, this principle versus methods, whatever method you do doesn't matter. As long as it reaches the principle, which is a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. What you've also got to remember is that every single method that you have done before and lost weight is because it reached that principle, a calorie deficit. When choosing the method, there is no one size fits all method. You've got to find something that works for you. And the most important underlying thing is adherence. It, you need to be able to adhere to it long term. It needs to hit this principle. And then it also needs to be able to be sustainable long term. So whatever it is that you choose to do, think, how is this going to serve me long term? Am I going to be able to do this? Because if you're simply just picking a method because it's going to give you the principle and you're not thinking about after, think about that first. Because as I always say, if you get to your end goal and you're like, cool, I can stop doing the method now. Well, the method is the only thing that got you there. So if you stop doing that method, you're going to go back to where you were. So this is why it's so important to find a method that suits you that is a lifestyle change because this needs to be something that you continue to do. Yes, the method needs to be uh, ticking that principle box to get you to there, but it also needs to be something that you continue doing. And I think this is where a lot of people do it. They jump on this slimming world thing and they're like, cool, I'm going to go here to lose the weight. Then when they lose the weight, they're like, sweet, I can stop doing slimming world now and I can just go back to eating normal. And it's like, no, you can't because normal is what ended you up where you were. So you've got to make this a lifestyle change and not be so focused on trying to find the best method. They all work if they hit this principle, but finding something that's going to give you that long-term sustainability outside of that and not have a negative cascade effect, i.e., you know, you cutting carbs a day before you weigh in or your relationship with food because you think pasta's a freebie. Um, imagine pasta's a freebie. I love pasta. I'm not um, a fan. Oh, no. suspect. So... That kind of covers principal methods, and that is all about we have to say on that topic, uh, unless you have anything to add here. No, but um, it kind of transitions nicely into what we want to speak about next with um, tracking your progress. Because when you've got these diets like um, Weight Watchers, um, Slimming World, that are basing it on what the scale weight does, mm. like it's such a terrible marker to see your overall progress is going on. Like it's such a small, small, tiny, minute, Mm -hmm. like marker of your progress. But when people get this wrong, this is what ultimately leaves them feeling demotivated, wanting to quit, like thinking it's not working. When in actual fact, like a a prime example today, uh, checking with a client. Now in the check-in form, really, really, um, really, basically you could tell she felt low. She felt Mm -hmm. low because her weigh-in was higher than it was uh, last week. And the check-in, she was like, oh, you know, it's, it's just slightly frustrating. Um, and she, she, she's very, very um, knowledgeable with it all now. But even then, like, she, she felt a little bit disheartened. 
And when I actually went through with her and said, you were like, look, actually, all you're looking at is uh, this Monday from the previous Monday, um, Thursday. Yeah, I know. And I was like, that's all you're looking at. That's all the data. And you're letting your emotions and your success based on those numbers, like you're letting it dictate it. But when I said, actually, okay, let's, let's take a, a step back. And this is, by the way, like the, the art of coaching. It, it gives for someone to be able to see things that you can't see, like is so, so important because it can get you like lost in a trap of like, again, not feeling like a success and just basically quitting. But when I actually showed her the whole macro cycle and not even just over the four, uh, four weeks, I actually looked over the eight weeks. I was like, look at your trends. I was like, look where your physiology is the same. Like you've got humongous changes. And just because one week from the next hasn't changed, that doesn't mean that you haven't been successful. In fact, I can show you exactly why you are still losing body fat and why you are successful. Mm -hmm. But when you go to a method like Slimming World or um, a Slimming World or Weight Watchers, they just go on surface value. Like, what does it say on the scale? Are you heavier or lighter? Okay, well, you're lighter. You're doing well. Are you heavier? Well, you, you need to probably eat a little bit less. Yeah. And that's like all that they're tracking. Mm. And, and this is the issue is also that you end up trying to manipulate this variable, but all you're doing is you're manipulating the weight that that scale tells you, not your body fat. You know, just by like people, as I said, like cutting out carbs before their weigh-ins. Or maybe they're like, oh, so I actually only have like one meal on the Friday before my weigh-in on the Saturday. And it's like, you haven't sped up your fat loss. You've simply manipulated your weigh-in for the Saturday, which for the most part is probably you just manipulating water. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will just cut out carbs. Therefore, you drop a load of water, you get a new low weigh-in. Well, that's great because the person pats you on the back and tells you, well done. But it's like, what well, that's all, all they're doing is telling you, well done. You managed to manipulate your water the day before your weigh-in and, you're lower, and it's now lower. Because otherwise which in kind of hindsight is a little bit backwards because it's like, well, yeah, you've done that, but I wouldn't want to do that because think of it like this. If you haven't lost weight this week, as in hadn't lost body fat this week, and it would have just stayed the same, you could have then actually looked at it and be like, okay, cool. Actually, I haven't lost any body fat and my measurements haven't changed this week. Maybe I need to change, change something up. Like something's obviously not working and I'm not eliciting fat loss. But because on the Friday, you're buggering about with your carbohydrates and your water so you get a new low weigh in you then actually like correct me if i'm wrong hayden but my thought is that like you then could actually be manipulating the scales but actually just then masking the fact that you're not actually losing body fat because a lot of people do that you'll get a new low weigh on a saturday and then on the sunday after saturday and you've gone back to eating normal again on the sunday it's back up to higher than it was before and you're like ah damn and so it's like you're manipulating that scales for one day weigh-in, which actually could be holding you back long-term because it's then actually kind of masking the fact that you're not making progress. And it's mm. like, well, that's great that you can manipulate on one day, but you're also then kind of skewing your your thought, your um, your results regards to, is it actually working for you? You know, you could not be losing weight, not be in a deficit, and all you do is just keep manipulating on that one day and just to get a new low weigh. And it's like... Well, actually, I, yeah, I literally had this conversation uh, last week in a check-in because basically she had a, as we planned, she had a big, a big event on a Sunday mm-hmm. and like we worked out like, you know, worst case scenario, what look like, what are the calories that need to be banked, all of this kind of stuff. And basically like it, it was quite a lot, but she took the decision to do like a huge, huge deficit Monday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And on her check-in, she was celebrating the fact that her Saturday morning weigh-in was a new low. 
And I was like, of course it is. Like, mm. but you need to understand that on Monday, you're probably going to hit <laughs> a, a very high. big high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, isn't it? And you then, you then get yourself into this false sense of security. You're like smashed it and you forget that you're like, it's like celebrating you've won the race and you've still got a lap to go. And it's like, don't celebrate too early because you're only going to feel really bad when it comes on the Monday and it jumps up and you then lose that logical thought process and out comes this emotional process. This suddenly emotional thing of like, oh, I knew I went Saturday and I just messed it all up in that one day because that'll be the thought process that follows that. And I think that's also where it's so important in regards to not just weighing yourself once a week because it can super duper fluctuate, but also not understanding that one day for a new low weigh-in doesn't mean anything. Like it literally most of the time will probably just jump back up the next day. Um, and then you'll be feeling kind of disheartened. And when you're tracking your progress, this is why we always say it's so important to not just track the scales, use things like photos and measurements because it then gives you something to refer to outside of just the scales you know people get so hung up on the scales with regards to like what that number says and if it doesn't go your way you don't have any other data or progress markers to actually see where those fluctuations like why they happen but also if that fluctuation is just like water weight etc because you've made you know i've had clients that their average you know maybe has gone up this week but it's like but their measurements gone down it's like okay cool well whatever happened you know maybe we just ate more carbohydrates stayed more hydrated trained a bit harder, inflammation, whatever it might be. But we can see from the measurements that body fat is still being lost because things are being reduced. And it's like that then allows you to have that level-headed logical response in regards to what the scales are doing. Whereas if you didn't have that information, you're going to be like, I've trained harder. I've been so good my nutrition, stayed hydrated, and it's gone up. And then mm. instantly you're like, well, what's the point? I'm doing everything right, yet the outcome's not what I want. So what's like, if you're not getting the return investment, you simply want to quit. That's why it's so important to have other markers of progress outside of the scales when it comes to losing weight. Yeah. What would you, um, so what would you say is the typical markers of success that you will look for when tracking progress? Uh, so obviously you've got like everyone in the world is tracking their scale weight. And now we've spoken about how it's, you know, not actually the most accurate and, um, mm -hmm. best way to track it. So what else would you do? What other things would I track? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I'd also track, obviously, two other, like actual like measurable data, as it were, that's going to give you like physical feedback would be measurements. I always say hip and waist. For the most part, women are predominantly going to store body fat in their lower extremities simply because of uh, the way that the fat disposition is due to estrogen. Uh, just throw some science in there, you know, makes me sound smart. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so hips, so waist around your belly button, hips around the widest part of your hips um, across your bum. You could also do your upper thigh, which is obviously halfway through. I kind of say your iliac, it's called iliac crest, isn't it? The top of your hip, top of your hip. down to the middle of your knee and then find that midway part because um, they're obviously going to be typically where a woman will store her body fat as well. Um, I'd also do photos, front, side and back. Again, you want to be wearing the same clothing, same time of day before you've eaten, before you've drunk, first thing in the morning after you've been to the toilet. And then same lighting. You know, you must have seen online those things where the lighting changes and suddenly they've gone from looking like they've got 20% body fat to looking like they've got 6% body fat. So make sure those variables stay the same. Also, like I always, and I do a lecture uh, inside the academy on this, it's like habitual progress. Because you've got to realise that like, yes, a calorie deficit and a listen to actual 
numerical data with regards to you know photos, measurements, scale weight is going to be the progress for your body fat loss. But what we're also looking for is not only to lose weight, it's to keep it off. And that's where the habitual progress is going to come in. So set yourself goals and track them. All of our clients have a habit habit tracking portion on their sheet where we set their goals. Uh, they're like habits of whatever they're trying to achieve, whether it's step count, whether it's, um, you know, getting up early and going for a walk, maybe it's hitting their protein, whatever these kind of like target things are. Now, these are great because these are basically habitual things that you will carry on once you've finished the whole deficit and losing the body fat that are going to help you maintain it. And that's why I can't stress enough is like getting adequate, you know, getting adequate sleep, Prepping, prepping some food, maybe planning meals ahead for the week, making sure you have uh, your journaling to handle your stress management. These kind of habits are the things that are going to support you long term. So not only look at the numerical data, but also look at the data with regards to tracking your progress. Habits. So write down habits. You know, set yourself one to three habits that you want to achieve this week that you're going to keep track of to help you basically build this sustainability side of the weight loss. You know, tracking the nutrition. And obviously your scale measure, uh, measurements and photos are going to be the physical fat loss, but also don't forget the habitual side of things, which is going to be the continuation plan, basically. Track habits, write down when you were successful and maybe when you weren't, so you can identify why. And that's going to then bring about this kind of like sustainability um, as well. Yeah. I always say like, uh, for me uh, as well, what I like to do with my clients is like, I always say kind of your physical does follow your physiological and we get so caught up on making sure we achieve that uh, calorie deficit. And yes, like we have just spoken about like achieving a calorie deficit is the principle of fat loss. And that is what will elicit the fat loss. But you can't just only ever look at, you know, calories in, energy out. There's there's so much more to it. And this is where I say the physical follows the physiological. Because if your, your sleep, your energy levels, your stress, your hunger is all out of whack and is all over the place mm-hmm. it's going to make your life so much harder to adhere to your deficit whereas if you can actually get all of the physi- uh, the physiology in place what i mean by that is making sure our sleep is as good as it can be making sure we've got decent energy levels making sure our hunger is as low as possible that as a byproduct you will start losing weight because you've got all of those things in place, it then becomes, it makes your weight loss journey so much easier. Like there's so many clients that I know we've worked through throughout the academy where by just us helping them fix their sleep has massively increased their energy expenditure because they have now more energy to do it and also has lowered their hunger because of the hormones that are affected when your sleep's impaired. So it it goes further that, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like even like their mood, it's like their moods now improve because their sleep is better, which impacts their cognitive function and the decisions they make next day, so which then in turn helps their stress management. And yeah. I love it because it's almost like magic. You're like, shit me, I've done, excuse my French, you've made one simple change and you've seen five positives out the other side. Yeah. Like I, I know, I, and everyone can probably say it, like who's listening, you can, you can think of a moment in your life, like when, say for example, like when I'm stressed, my sleep gets affected. And when my sleep is affected... Like my energy is like rock bottom. And when my energy is rock bottom, my performance in the gym gets affected. In fact, the actual amount of times I go to the gym is reduced. Like everything starts to have like this um, this downward spiral effect. And then as a, product, a byproduct, sort of, byproduct of that again, I can't be asked to even like 
think about cooking meals. Like I want the quick fix. I want yeah. the takeaway. I want something that's an easy option. So it all kind of does, it does have a huge, huge effect on your long-term success. So that's why we, we love to, we love to look at those things. But lastly, um, from like the tracking for my side of you is, um, where women go so wrong is by not actually tracking this. They're basically still tracking day by day, week by week. And like Ryan just alluded to a minute ago, is like your estrogen and your progesterone, like your hormones are never this lin- like this, this line that stays the same throughout your whole journey. You're not a male. Like a male, we have one cycle, we last like 65 years. Female, like you, it stays pretty consistent. Uh, it it stays, males, it stays very consistent. Females, it's very irregular. Like your hormones will flux a lot. And because of that, it's going to give you very, very, very different readings on the scales, on your measurements, even like your physiological feedback, your sleep, your energy and stuff. So only compare your results where your physiology is the same. And just as an easy example, only compare day one of your menstruation against the following month, day one of menstruation. So you're almost tracking every single month. You're not tracking weekly, you're not tracking daily, like you're tracking every month because that's where your physiology is the same and that's the most accurate accurate data you are going to have. Yeah, yeah. So to summarise the tracking progress, Make sure that you're tracking other things outside of the scales. Make sure that you are tracking things such as measurements, photos, but also track, track, tr- tr- wow. tracking, no, yes, nice, tracking, no, mate, <laughs> something's happened. But always remember you are tracking also other things such as like habits and behaviours that you're doing because these are going to be the long-term sustainable things. And as a final thing, don't forget that if you are obviously tracking your average weigh-ins, compare week one of your cycle to week one of your next cycle, week two to week two, week three to week three, week four to week four. On average, obviously, it's not always 28 days because that will give you a much better indication as to the progress because obviously we know that week one can be very different to week four. Um, And although week four might suddenly have, or week one might have jumped up compared to the you know three weeks ago it's not body fat gain it's simply just a water rebound so remember to track relevant data um in regards to you and your cycle as well so the last part of this weekly series is going to be all about motivation for those of you that didn't know, there are two types of motivation. There are intrinsic motivation, which is the motivation that comes internally, which means you can kind of internally motivate yourself to do things and something internal is the driving factor behind why you want to achieve something. And then there's also external factors, something that's outside of you that is giving you the motivation and the drive to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. Let's start with internal motivation first, or unless you want to kind of give another bit of a longer overview Mr. Hayden Rolf as to motivation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, so you will fall you will fall into either categories. Whenever you've got a goal and something you want to achieve, like you will fall into these two categories. You've either got the intrinsic or extrinsic. Yeah. And both of you both of them are gonna give you results. Like they mm-hmm. both work. In my personal opinion, one is going to give you a bigger a longer return than the other that doesn't mean that it's it's right or wrong it doesn't mean that you know you're not going to get results doing the other one but in my personal opinion like you are going to see far greater long-term success with with the other one now let's let's talk about you can you hear that it's a play it literally sounds like it's a bubble um 
So you know, you've, you've got the extrinsic motivation. This is the classic. This is where most people um, will f- f- fall into this category. Now, you've got something that's like a goal, right? So you've got a wedding. You've, mm-hmm. got, um, you've got a birthday. You've got uh, a holiday coming up. Like, these are reasons why we all end up or start dieting because we want to look good. We want to, like, we want to look better on the beach, like, all of these things. Like, these are extrinsic motivations that can get you your goal. And, like, admittedly, I'm probably using a bit of extrinsic motivation right now. I'm going on a short little, like, couple-day uh, holiday, Tenerife, and I want to just feel a bit better in swim shorts. So that's a goal for me right now that keeps me tracking my calories, that keeps me pushing closer to um, eliciting fat loss and getting to my goal because there's there's an end thing, there's an end goal, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's important to know, isn't it? Is that like there is no right or wrong. Like you are literally you are you have bits of both. No one's completely one, completely the other. You do have bits of both, and you've got to realise that like it's cool, whichever one you are, play to your strength. So like Hayden said, Hayden was like, you know, at the moment actually probably the majority of it is extrinsic. Um with regards to a holiday. And there's nothing wrong with having these things. And if you are an extrinsic motivated motivated person, then also using these can be a great driver for you. So, you know, using that holiday, using that wedding, but also kind of using things like, okay, cool. Like when I, you know, do so well, like like at the end of the month, if I've reached X goal, I'm going to buy myself a new pair of jeans. It's like, that's an extrinsic motivation for you. It's like, okay, cool. Well, if by the end of the month, I've lost at least kind of another four pounds, then I'm going to get that. It's great because you kind of got to, although we're always like, you know, don't put targets on it, don't put numbers on things. If you're extrinsically motivated, it's like you've got to use your personality and what drives you to ultimately help you on that journey. It's no point being like, oh, well, you know, if we actually set like a, uh, you know, if I can reach X or I do really well this month, I'm going to buy myself a nice pair of jeans. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it gives you motivation. It gives you determination and it helps you in regards to your thing. There's no point being, you know, if you're, there's no point if you're extrinsically motivated and you're like, okay, cool. So I'm going to, intrinsically motivate myself and give myself a talking to every morning and say, you know, you've got to do this for your health. It's like, if that's not massively driving for you. And then the other one is obviously intrinsic. So intrinsic is obviously the internal. So, you know, it's maybe, you know, you're finding things, you know, maybe your relationship is uh, being impacted uh, in regards to your weight and size, you're not feeling comfortable in the bedroom. Maybe it's that you can't run around after your kids. Maybe it's your lack of self-confidence. Maybe you don't go out and socialize. These are then internal reasons that you're doing it for yourself because you want to feel better, have more confidence, have a better sex life, whatever these things are. Now, I just wanted to add something there. No, no, no. Like I said, like there's there's nothing wrong with either of them. So we've given you two examples now, like You've got one that's just, you know, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anyone else. You're doing it because you want to feel better in yourself. Like, mm-hmm. um, and maybe you are doing it for someone else. Like you said, maybe it's, it's you know that your weight is affecting your relationship mm-hmm. and you want to do it because you want to uh, impact your relationship. Now, the other one, you're doing it because maybe there's a holiday or something coming up. The the one that's going to be like uh, extrinsic, the, where I see people kind of fall short a little bit more is because once you reach the goal, what happens then? Mm. Unless yeah. you have another extrinsic goal, 
then what happens? Mm. You typically then fall back into old previous ha- like habits and behaviors. Yeah. And I think this is where like the, the beauty of coaching comes in is because then it's finding these, these other factors, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, okay, look, if you're extremely motivated, let's say like, look, if we have, you know, set some parameters and if it does good, we can buy ourselves some new jeans or we're working towards this holiday. Great. But then you've got to remember that like, and I think this is where kind of sometimes like gym performance goals come into it and things like that, because it gives you an external source of motivation to keep working towards. Whereas Hayden's exactly right. That's why personally I'd argue that you almost always want to have two things, if that makes sense. Like you want an intrinsic motivator and you want an extrinsic motivator. The intrinsic motivator might be because you want to have more confidence basically your confidence is, is dipping because of uh, your body weight and so i want to have more uh, confidence so i'm doing that for myself in that and the external thing is that okay cool if i get to my goals i'm going to buy myself this dress that i wanted uh to wear so you've then ended up getting two things cool my confidence i'm doing it for myself but then you've also got this external motivator that if i do do well i can buy my favorite dress that i know i want to buy and that's also going to help with regards to keeping you pushing with regards to your motivation i say with regards quite a lot but that makes sense. And I think that's a good kind of like place to be is having two motivators because again, two is better than one. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to be extent when you're not internally motivated, you're like, oh, you know what? Like I haven't had confidence for years now. Who cares? You've got that external motivator to push you. Or sometimes when you're like, I don't really give a shit about that dress. It's like, okay, well you do want to increase your confidence and self-esteem though. Right. And it's like, yeah, I do want to do that actually. So right, let's keep going. And it then gives you kind of like two options to keep you motivated with regards to working, moving forward as well. Yeah, I think with the intrinsic, like there has to be, um, like you have to have seen like results for yourself to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, let's use myself as an example. Like my motivation every single day to go to the gym to like be like um, nutritionally aware um, is because I know the impact it has on my mental health. Mm-hmm. When I exercise, I feel better. When I eat better, when I eat um, more nutrient dense foods, I know I feel better in myself. I have more energy. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is a like is a motivator for me to keep doing because I know it personally makes me feel better. It's not about what my weight says. It's not about how I look on the beach or anything like that. It's about myself feeling better because I know that has so many more mental knock on effects, mm-hmm. and that's why I keep turning up because I've seen the results. I've yeah. seen it happen. I've been on the other side when I haven't exercised, I haven't eaten mm. nutrient dense, and I've seen the effects that it has on me. So yeah. m- my motivator to, c- to continue doing it is is very very high. However, like Ryan said, if you're like, you know, I, I just I want to do this for like myself, like I, I want to start feeling better in myself, but you start doing these things and you don't feel any better in yourself, it's going to be hard for you to continue doing that. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's where like always remembering your big underlying your big. Uh, big hairy ass girl they call it BHAG your big hairy ass girl and I think that's why it's so important to find that and your big why because I think even if you are extrinsically motivated having this big underlying reason as to why you want to achieve it and why this is important to you is always going to be so so important and that's the intrinsic part you know understanding exactly why this is important to you because I think arguably Every single person, I'd argue, that big why is going to be the best motivation you can have. Like, even if you like external motivation, you like working towards things, um, that's great. But I think that ultimately, that big intrinsic motivation of just your reason as to why this is important to you is always going to be your biggest driving 
factor. Like no one's 50-50, as it were. You're probably going to have a bit more. But I think ha- that's why it's so important when we get all of our clients to write down, what is your why? You know, why do you want to lose weight? It's never just because I want to look, better, look better. I want to feel better. I just want to like have a good body when I go on holiday in a bikini. There's always that those sub-levels underneath that. So although looking good in a bikini and like wearing, thinking about that bikini, you're like, yeah, that's the external motivation. There's always an internal motivation that goes with the external. It's like, well, you you need to be driven internally to fit into those jeans and things as well. And yeah, they're external drive, but always remembering that big reason why. Like, why are you doing it? Well, I want to look better. Why do you want to look better? Because it makes me feel more confident. Why do you want to feel more confident? Well, when I'm more confident, I'm able to do more things, meet more people. Why do you want to do more things and meet more people? Well, it makes me happy and I'm a social human being and I like to go out and it makes me, and it improves my mental health. Well, there you go. So like, actually we're doing this to improve your mental health. And it's like, when you break down those layers, you then actually get to this real underlying motivation as to why you want to do it. And that's that real powerful kind of intrinsic reason that I think every single person on a weight loss journey should get. And they should write it down, put it on a fridge, put it in a notebook, write it on your notes in your phone and read it every day because that is going to be like your daily motivation and reminder. And then you can utilize, you know, these other external factors if you are driven externally to then help kind of keep you pushing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sweet. it's just like like you said, recapping it. It's There's, not, there's no right or wrong to it. Like mm-hmm. if you've got the um, extrinsic, like it's actually a great motivator like, because you have an event, but be mindful that, what happens after that event? Are you then just going to slip back into old, like previous habits and behaviors? Mm. Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. But then you've got the intrinsic motivation, which is like, you're doing it for yourself. Um, because it means it, it, it's, it's not about anyone else necessarily. It's not about like looking good on the beach. It's about like, you know, feeling better in yourself, whatever it may be. And there's probably going to be a bit more longevity with it. Um, but again, maybe you have to see results first to actually to continue, continue doing that. Yeah. As with everything, you know, just to kind of round up, like there is no one size fits all as regard to, you know, as we said at the beginning, the method and principle, as we say about tracking your progress, as we say about kind of what motivation drives you. There's no one size fits all. It's all about thinking about you as a person, what you and you know you best. You know, what is it that you think about that's going to drive you? What is it you think that's going to be great to track? How to do this whole weight loss journey? And then it's building that as as you go. You know, I always say that when our clients come into the academy, when we kind of do this big consultation overview, build this little profile of them as to what it is that they want, but also what it is they need, it's always penciled in because you are constantly learning and evolving as your journey goes more about you, your reactions to situations, food, what drives you. And that's what builds your program. I'd argue that no one can build you the best program from the off because they don't know enough about you and they don't learn enough from your feedback. And that comes simply through building a relationship, collecting data and understanding you as an individual human being on not only kind of a psychological, physical level, but also a psychological level as well. And I think that pretty much rounds it up for the final part in this series and the final episode for today. Boom. Sweet. Well, as always, pleasure. Never a chore. Mr. Hayden Rolf, it's a pleasure yeah. having you on the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here and uh, I look forward to being back next week. <laughs> Excellent. Well, team. Hope you had a good week and we will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.